You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And in this episode, the trio attends a dueling club meeting where they and the rest of the school finds out about the parcel mouth among them. And then, after stealing the rest of the ingredients needed for polyjuice potion, we find the trio in a hairy situation. We're talking about chapters 11 and 12 of Chamber of Secrets. In a hairy situation. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so how are we doing? I'm good. Good? Got, got not much... Like going on in my life, but I am finishing up Umbrella Academy. <gasps> oh yeah, yes. I think I got, I think I got through two more chapters since the last time we actually talked. Because um, we've been watching a lot of hockey because Lightning is in nice. the semifinals now. Go Bolts! They're actually playing right now, as we speak. Um, as we speak. Um, uh, and what else? Oh. I restarted Outlander because it's my favorite show. Oh my god! Is it really? I know. I it never is. gave like it my favorite. I never like gave it a shot. fantasy drama show. That's not a sitcom. Is this the show that she um, goes into a different time? Yes. So I got it. It was Netflix recommended because I watched a lot of period pieces and historical fiction TV shows and movies. And I was like, what does this have to do with any, yeah, it's a period piece, but I don't know. I was kind of confused at what the story was like. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, I don't know, like time travel, but it got really good. And now I'm restarting it. Well, you must really love it to watch it, even though um, your best friend has recommended Bridgerton a million times and you decided to restart a show. As well as your sister. And her sister. Joni... Joni knows how it goes, though. I've recommended her so many shows. She still hasn't watched Avatar, and I've been recommending it for, like, ever. It's so good. Just It gets better. I mean, it is a little bit corny, like, a little bit like... Yeah, like, first season's a little rough, because it's (laughs) it's marketed towards kids. But, like, once you actually get into the plot and the storyline, oh, my God. Yeah. It's so good. I know, I know. I know. It's fine. It's fine. Like you'll get to it. You have you have a I'll get to it. I did watch ten minutes of Bridgerton. David walked in, started talking, I'd pause it and then I didn't pick it back up again. Yeah. I know I'll like it. Fun fact Duke of Hastings actor was an extra in Harry Potter Seven. Oh part one. Was he? Mm. I just I don't I don't know who he's he's a very attractive man. Very. Mm. Gotta give him that much. You haven't seen him yet. He's not he hasn't shown up in your episode yet okay what episode oh the, the one ten that you're minutes on? that she's oh the 10 minutes that you've seen them. i'm like what <laughs> yeah he hasn't shown up the beginning of the show no okay anyways well that's cool what is going on in my life i feel like a lot but not a lot that we haven't already discussed did i we already talked about the fact that i hurt my back right mm-hmm. well i re-hurt it. it oh my god I did something on Friday. I'm not sure if it was just like thinking I was too okay and or too healed. So like mm-hmm. I started to just kind of like I vacuumed the stairs. I did. I then I went for a, like a longer drive than I should have. I don't know. With all that combined, 
we streamed that night and I could tell that I was not good. Yeah. Yeah. You overdid it a bit. Yeah, I did. I overdid it. So I'm kind of back to nursing it too. But today was the first day that I woke up and I was like, oh, there's like almost no pain. So today was a good day, but I can't uh, get too excited. Yeah. It's hard to push yourself too much. Yeah. That's pretty much it with me. Just trying to heal my back and not do much which sucks because we're in a step challenge for the stream like our community Mm -hmm. started a step challenge for june i can barely get any steps with my injury so that's that i'm not really active this month so but yeah Yeah. sometimes you need that though yeah i mean i dominated in may so it's okay um but yeah that's pretty much it that's really the only interesting thing since the last time we talked and we have yeah. um my stepkids this is our last week with them so we're kind of enjoying our time with them and just chilling yeah so yeah how about you Joni? uh you just doing things there's a lot of small things i need to do and it's just stressful but i am starting well i haven't started actually but i'm going to start hopefully um, to go mm-hmm. through each room in my house and just get rid of the random crap that I have because we just have so much stuff that we don't even use that we haven't even touched in like a year. Get yeah. rid of it. That's good. We did a lot of that. When we moved to this house, I realized that there were so many things that I was keeping at my parents' house that I never even touched the whole almost touched, year yeah. that I was at my parents' house. So Phil, Phil and I were just like, if we don't even need it or haven't looked at it we're just gonna throw it away yeah toss it as long as it's not something of value that we can obviously donate but there are like little things that we don't need yeah i like to keep cards from everyone i like to like yes i'm that kind of person too. and then phil's like why do you need this like i'm like i just like to keep it and so those are things that i'm like trying to put into uh like a box or something but then oh i found this a box a shoe box of notes from like seventh or eighth grade the ones that i i would fold into like origami and then like give them to people a little envelope with the yes yes the little tab yes (laughs) yes I found a whole box of them and Phil's like, why do you have this? I was like, fine, we can toss these. I don't no, want to go through them. I have mine. I have mine in a box. Yeah. Um, I don't and know. Then I found a personal diary of mine. Oh, no. <laughs> and so me and Phil, I was like, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade and Phil and I read through it. I was so dramatic. I was like, there was some boy I was crushing on and I was just like, I love you, but you don't love me, and it hurts my heart oh to my see you with her. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Something gosh. like this. Oh my gosh! For real, I would never, I would never read with David. He would never, ever. But you love it, diaries. <laughs> I was just laughing at myself. So I was like, "Listen to this," and I was just like reading it, and he was like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like walks out of the room. <laughs> so I have a notebook between me and my best friend. And fun fact, my best friend, her first boyfriend, is now my husband. Oh, my God. (laughs) And my favorite thing to do when I find my memory box, because I I have whittled it it down. I love reading the part where she talks about Kurt. (laughs) It's just like... Just for, like, background, they're still best friends. Like, all three of them can hang out together. It was the first relationship. It was middle school. It didn't count that much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
no hurt feelings here. It, it had been years when I started dating Kurt. You know those black and white composition books? Joni knows because she's my sister and she saw them. And read she them. She probably read them too. But anyways, I had one for each year of high school, which is probably way more cringy than like middle school because at least you can be a little more forgiving. You're like, I was 12, but <laughs> high school I didn't know this. So you like, you like journaled? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they weren't diaries. Oh, journals. They were journals. <laughs> Do you still have them? No. You know what I did? A little bit after I started dating David, I felt like this was like just not something I ever wanted him to find out. So I shredded them. <laughs> and I re- kind of regret it. Like I'm the kind of person that keeps – I have like every note you've ever written me. Like I'm that kind of person. I have them in a box. So – I can't believe I shredded my journals. Like, I would love to go back and read them even though they're cringy, but <laughs> oh, no, they're you gone. Can't. Yeah, I kept I kept the ones that, like, that I knew I would want. But, like, the ones in from, yeah. like, sixth grade, these people I obviously don't talk to anymore. And then I had one specifically. Yeah. I couldn't even remember who I had. So I had one from middle school that said pinky and purple's eyes only. And I'm like, who the heck know who. is the pinky and purple? Was I purple or was I pinky? And so I was like right, reading through it <laughs> and I was purple. And so this other person was pinky and there are like two people that it could be. So if you're listening to this and you are pinky, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But yeah, we didn't want to put names. Oh my gosh. So in Harry Potter world... <laughs> Yeah, where did we leave off last week? Well, Dobby nearly kills Harry in an attempt to grievously injure him enough just to send him home. While in the hospital, wing regrowing his bones, Harry witnesses the professor finding a petrified Colin Creevy. Oof. Mm, poor Colin. Okay. So, the next morning, Harry happily woke up to his bones regrown, just a tad bit stiff. Colin's bed was blocked from view by high curtains, and Madame Pomfrey gave Harry his breakfast, then began bending and stretching his arms and fingers. Harry was then good to leave the hospital wing. Harry rushed to the Gryffindor Tower to tell Ron and Hermione about Colin and Dobby, but they weren't there waiting for him. Harry passed Percy by the library, who congratulated him on the win. Gryffindor was now in the lead for the House Cup. So yay, Yay. Gryffindor! Go, go, Gryffindor! Harry asked if Percy had seen Ron and Hermione, and when Percy replied with, hopefully not in the girls' toilet again, Harry knew where to find them. Harry walked into Moni Myrtle's bathroom and saw Hermione and Ron were in a stall with a cauldron perched on the toilet. Hermione's special portable waterproof fire was warming the potion. Harry started to tell them about Colin when Hermione interrupted him by saying that they already knew. They overheard McGonagall telling Professor Flitwick, and that's why they decided to get started on the Polyjuice Potion. And Ron says, The sooner we get a confession out of Malfoy, the better. You know what I think? snarled Ron. He was in such a foul temper after the Quidditch match, he took it out on Colin. Harry then told them about Dobby's late-night visit. The Chamber of Secrets has been opened before? Hermione asked. If it's been opened before, Ron thinks that it had to have been Lucius Malfoy while he attended Hogwarts, and now he's helping Draco do it. But what kind of monster is it? So here's the first 
Well, they've been thinking it's Draco, but now since they know that the Chamber of Secrets has been open again, it kind of makes sense that, you know, maybe it was Lucius. Yeah, Draco's dad. Oh, and Ron also questions, how is the Slytherin monster, is what they're calling it, how has it been, like, getting around the school unseen? And this from the book. Maybe it can make itself invisible, said Hermione, prodding leeches to the bottom of the cauldron. Or maybe it can disguise itself, pretend to be a suit of armor or something. I've read about chameleon ghouls. You read too much, Hermione, said Ron, pouring dead lace wings on top of the leeches. He crumpled up the empty lace wing bag and looked at Harry. So Dobby stopped us from getting on the train and broke your arm? He shook his head. You know what, Harry? If he doesn't stop trying to save your life, he's going to kill you. So now after Colin has been petrified, the school was buzzing with rumor and suspicion. First years were moving in packs because no one wanted to wander the school alone. Poor Ginny sat next to Colin in charms class and now was upset about what happened to him. Fred and George tried cheering her up by covering themselves with furs and boils, jumping out at her behind statues, which... I don't know why they think that would cheer her up. <laughs> Is that would cheer them up? I guess. Not if they think the Slytherin monster is like lurking around. But Percy told them to stop. Jenny was already having nightmares. Meanwhile, some students were getting their hands on things like talismans, amulets, and other protective devices. And I had the definitions. Do you guys have... Can you see the little comment where it yeah. has the definitions? Because mm-hmm. on my tablet they are not there so anyways i didn't know what talis talismans i don't even know how to say that or amulets were honestly i thought they were like part of like suit of armors but i looked up on google Mm -hmm. google dictionary so if one of you can read it okay (laughs) um so talismans you have talismans an object typically an inscribed ring or stone that is thought to have magic powers and to bring good luck and mm-hmm. okay amulet an ornament or small piece of jewelry thought to give protection against evil danger or disease mm-hmm. yeah interesting so these are both so like that makes sense. um could it be like pieces of jewelry or something that yeah. they could yeah. carry with them i was thinking like i said like i thought it was I, honestly i thought an amulet was like some kind of helmet so i just pictured of it like a suit of armor <laughs> oh wow i knew what they were because i play runescape oh Uh, that is helpful no i did not know i like that you like look up what these are because when i read the book and i don't know what a word is i just continue reading and i don't (laughs) put like two thoughts into it yeah Yeah. well i feel like when you're in like the groove of it you don't want to stop yes that is true but it's something that i've done more recently in my like reading and I think it was because I started reading books that were, to me, like, harder to read. Like, they're just, like, Pride and Prejudice was kind of difficult for me to understand. And I was just like, okay, like, when I come to a word that I don't know, I'm going to pull up my phone, which is usually right next to me anyways, and just Google it. It turned into a habit. And now I just do it whenever I don't know a word. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, Neville bought a large evil smelling green onion i mean i have heard about like onion and garlic what what do they wear off vampires vampires 
So I guess I guess that's where he was going with that. I don't know if I could hold something so foul smelling, but a pointed purple crystal and a rotting newt tail. When asked why he, being a pureblood, was worried, Neville said fearfully, they went for filch first, and everyone knows I'm almost a squib. It was now the second week of December, and McGonagall was collecting the names of those students who wanted to stay during Christmas holidays. And I was like, who the heck would want to stay this year? (laughs) I know, I'd be like, please. Yes, and I think maybe it's in Joni's section where... Draco talks about how I don't know how they're keeping this all hush. Was that your section, Jenny? It might, it might be like in the next chapter. Maybe. Yeah. But seriously, like two attacks were done and the parents don't know about this. Oh, yeah. It's in Joni's. It should be in Joni's section. <clears throat> was it? Yeah, it was a, It was in this chapter, like towards the end of this, our last chapter. Oh. So you would think, obviously they are keeping it hush because parents aren't pulling their kids out of the school yeah i wonder how they're doing it that's a good question dumbledore is like thinking it's not time yet we don't need to tell anyone just yet (laughs) that's my thoughts granted i mean it's not a good excuse but only one student has been affected so far true the other one was the cat the trio were all staying they heard that malfoy wasn't going home which was very suspicious It is very suspicious because last year Malfoy was making fun of Harry because he didn't have, well, he could have gone to Privet Drive, but he didn't want to. And why is Malfoy not going home? Yeah. Do we find that out why? Have I forgotten? No. I don't think so. Okay. But it is. It's very suspicious that Malfoy wouldn't want to go home. It would also be the perfect time to use the Polyjuice Potion and get the confession out of Malfoy, which is very true. There'll be less people in the hallways to make the plan go haywire. Mm -hmm. They still needed bicorn horn and boomsling skin, which could only be found in Snape's private stores. Harry thought to himself that he would rather face Slytherin Monster than let Snape catch him stealing from his office. Hermione, of course, had a plan. They needed a diversion. Then one of them could sneak in and get the ingredients. Hermione decided that she would she should probably do the stealing because if Ron or Harry got into any more trouble, they would be expelled. Again, Harry's thoughts were that it was safer to poke a sleeping dragon in the eye than do what they were about to do. Wow. And yeah. I agree though. It's very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And then it's on to the plan. It was a usual day in potions with the Slytherins and Snape was treating the Gryffindors unfairly. Harry's swelling solution was coming out too runny, but Harry had other things on his mind. He was waiting on Hermione to give him a signal to tell him it was time. So he looks over, he's ignoring Snape's snide remarks about his solution, and Hermione gives him the signal. It was go time. Harry ducked behind his cauldron, pulled out one of Fred's filibuster fireworks from his pocket, He prodded it with his wand, igniting it, then lobs it into the air where it landed in in Goyle's cauldron. The potion explodes, splashing everyone in its vicinity, which the books actually said the whole class, with the swelling solution. Hermione sneaks off quickly. Snape yelled for silence to calm the chaos that was ensuing and made everyone form a line to receive the antidote. 
Malfoy happened to be hit in the face, and his nose swelled up. It got as big as a small melon before receiving the antidote. Oh my gosh. And the visual that I was getting was um, Squidward. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's perfect. <laughs> like, that's that's the nose that I was picturing. You know, they always say that Crab and Goyle were really stupid, but clearly Goyle can make a potion. Yeah, he that did a good job. But also, I'd have to say, like, Snape was like a horrible mentor teacher to like every other house i felt like if anything he was like probably more helpful to like slytherins yeah and like more of a teacher to them yeah but yeah still goyles did something right and then hermione sneaks back and returns to his seat robes bulging when everyone was good again, Snape found the remains of the fireworks in Goyle's cauldron and threatened that if he figured out who was responsible, he would make sure they would be expelled. And Harry was like, he's looking straight at me. He knows it was me. I mean, how do you think he would like actually find who it was, I wonder? I don't know. They He, he didn't really have any proof. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unless someone saw him do it which it looked like no one did. Um, the class ended just in time, and the trio hurried to Moni Myrtle's bathroom. Hermione added the remaining ingredients and said happily, it'll be ready in two weeks. A week later, there were students huddled around a flyer on the notice board. A dueling club was starting, and the first meeting was that night. The trio decided they would like to go. Hermione thought it could be useful. The meeting was in the Great Hall. The house tables were gone and replaced with a golden stage, lit by a thousand floating candles. As Hermione wonders out loud who would be teaching them, Harry groans as he sees Gilderoy Lockhart walking onto the stage. And I like this part, like this quote, because when you do watch the movie, the actor that plays Gilderoy plays him so well. It's just perfect. Gather round, gather round. Can everyone see me? Can you all hear me? Excellent, called Lockhart. Now Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club to train you all in case you ever need to defend yourselves, as I myself have done on countless occasions. For full details, see my published works. <laughs> and I said, Ugh, Lockhart is so annoying. He really is. Promo at any moment. <sighs> He announced that Snape, this part was also pretty funny. I didn't write it into detail, but Snape is like, loathes him. And I actually love that. Um, so he announced that Snape was also there to assist. Quote, he tells me he knows a teeny bit about dueling himself. And I was like, okay, Lockhart, you're really testing Snape there. Lockhart starts the demonstration and he and Snape face each other. They quote-unquote bowed. Snape just jerked his head down a little bit, then raised their wands like swords in front of them. And Lockhart says, on the count of three, we will cast our first spells. Neither of, neither of us will be aiming to kill, of course. On three, Snape cried, expelliarmus, and a dazzling flash of scarlet light sent Lockhart off his feet. Malfoy and the Slytherins cheered, but Hermione was worried about poor Lockhart and asked if he was all right. Ron and Harry say together, who cares? Lockhart oh, yeah. gets back up, brushes himself up off, and explains that Snape was 
uh, Snape used a disarming charm. And that he, Lockhart, could see that coming. Okay. Okay, Lockhart. But he felt the students needed to see that, you know, for instructive purposes. Well, that was enough instruction. Like, that was it. That was all the teaching that was done. And he said he wanted to pair off and start dueling. Snape pairs Harry and Malfoy, of course, for, I said kicks, because I'm not going to curse. Kicks and giggles. And And, uh, Ron was with Seamus, and Hermione was with a Slytherin girl named Melisent. Melisent? Melisent. Melisent Bolstrode. They all were instructed to just disarm their partner, but on two, Malfoy hit Harry with a spell that felt like a pan had hit him on the head. Then Harry shouted, Rectum Sempra, which had Malfoy wheezing from the, t- from the tickling charm. Harry let his guard down, and Malfoy came back with Tarantalegra, which made Harry's legs jerk out of control. Stop! Stop! screamed Lockhart, but it was Snape that yelled, Finite Incantatum, which stopped the charms on Harry and Malfoy. Everyone else was pretty messed up as well. Melisent had Hermione in a headlock, and Ron's broken wand did something to Seamus's face. My god, Ron is freaking oh broken Ron. I know. He just needs to get that fixed, dude. <laughs> I know. Uh, also, I was thinking, what the heck did Hermione do to get herself into a headlock? Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't think she did anything. I think she did a pretty good charm, and Melisent got pissed. Maybe. And was like, forget wands and just like bullied her. I just, I can't picture Hermione doing something unprovoked. Maybe she actually disarmed her so she didn't have her wand. So then she just went fist first. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. That's probably what happened. They were told to disarm. Hermione's going to do that. Yeah. And Melisent was not having that. Yeah. As if that wasn't an utter failure for teaching, Lockhart decides to teach them blocking. He wants a volunteer pair, and Snape offers up Malfoy and Harry. Dun, dun, dun. Of course. Lockhart tells Harry to do quote-unquote this when Draco points his wand at him, but all Lockhart did was wave and drop his wand on the ground. (laughs) Snape (laughs) Snape whispered something to Malfoy. And Harry's like, what the heck am I supposed to do? But before he could get any instruction, Malfoy asked, scared. And Harry replies, you wish, which they also do it so well in the movie, except Malfoy goes, scared, Potter. Oh, it's a good movie. <laughs> I'm excited to watch the movie. It feels like every time he's like, are you guys done yet? Can we watch the second movie? I'm like, no. On the count of three, Malfoy bellows, Serpensortia, and from the end of his wand fell out a long black snake. Snape says, don't move, Potter, ready to get rid of the snake, but Lockhart wants the glory, and with a loud bang, he sends the snake ten feet in the air where it falls back to the floor. Now the snake is PO'd and slithers toward the puff, Justin Finch Fletchley. Harry doesn't know why he felt the urge to do anything, but he walked up to the snake and yelled, Leave him alone! And miraculously, the snake backed off, docile. Harry, pretty proud of himself, smiled at Justin, but Justin was horror-struck. What are you playing at? Justin shouted, then stormed out of the hall. Snape was looking at him peculiarly. Pecur- pecur- oh god. 
I'm not going to be able to say it. Snape was looking at him peculiarly. <laughs> what? You did better that what, that time. Peculiar. Pe- peculiar. Okay. I, I can say it, it in peculiarly. my head. Yeah. Peculiarly. Like, peculiarly. Peculiarly. Snape was looking at him strangely as well. <laughs> then he vanished the snake with a wave of his wand. So was, okay, was Snape actually, so question. Was yes. Snape, did Snape tell Malfoy to use the snake on him? Or to use the serpent? I guess so, since he whispered it. So then why was yeah. he all like, don't move, Potter? What was the whole point of doing it if you were just oh. going to be like, it's like, I'm here to save the day. Yeah, I'm here to save the day, but also he's probably like, I want to do something intimidating to Potter. Yeah. I don't know, that's how I thought boy. of it. I want to intimidate the child. Yeah, and he didn't want to, like, I don't think he was trying to harm Harry or anyone else, so that's why he was just like, just do it and I'll get rid of it. Oh, okay. You know, before. And I don't, I mean, it didn't really, it wasn't ready to strike until, you know, genius Lockhart tried to get rid of it. You know, just flung it in the air. Like, does he, he's an adult. Does he really not know any spell? I don't know. There began a muttering among the students, and Harry was very confused. Ron decides to pull Harry away, and the trio make their way out of the Great Hall and into the Gryffindor common room. Finally, Ron says, You're a parcel mouth. Why didn't you tell us? So, what were your thoughts during this? Uh, during this moment, I was just like, I was confused. I was like, why is Justin looking at him like he's crazy? He just saved your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, up until what you're about to read, I was just kind of like confused. And then Harry obviously explains the whole. It was interesting because he brought us back to book one when mm-hmm. he talked to the um to the snake at the zoo. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. I'm like, oh, so all wizards can't do that. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how Harry's like, again, I'm a what? kind of like a, yeah, kind of like a parallel to book one. I'm a what? You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a parcel mouth, Harry. <laughs> I'm a what, said Harry? A parcel mouth, said Ron. You can talk to snakes. I know, said Harry. I mean, that's only the second time I've done ever done it. I accidentally sent a boa constrictor on my cousin Dudley at the zoo once. Long story. But it was telling me I had never, but it was telling me it had never seen Brazil and I sort of set it free without meaning to. But that was before I knew I was a wizard. Yeah, just casually. Yeah. A boa constrictor told you it had never seen Brazil, Ron repeated faintly. So, said Harry, I bet loads of people here can do it. Oh, no, they can't, said Ron. It's not a very common gift, Harry. This is bad. What's bad, said Harry, starting to feel quite angry. What's wrong with everyone? Listen, if I hadn't told the snake not to attack Justin. Oh, that's what you said to it? What do you mean? You were there. You heard me. I heard you speaking parcel tongue, said Ron. Snake language? You could have been saying anything. No wonder Justin panicked. You sounded like you were egging the snake on or something. It was creepy, you know? Harry gaped at him. I spoke a different language, but I didn't realize. How can I speak a language without knowing I can speak it? I felt kind of bad for Harry here because it's like for your best friend to tell you that you just did something really creepy. You're just kind of like, I did? I didn't mean to. You're just like, what? And I'd probably like get a little defensive too. 
Yeah, he was getting defensive. Yeah. He's like, what the heck is wrong with everyone? Yeah. Ron and Hermione were looking gloomy. Harry didn't see what was wrong. Why does it matter that he can speak to snakes? Then Hermione explained. Oh, this was like the jaw dropper for me. It matters because being able to talk to Snake was what Salazar Slytherin was famous for. That's why the symbol of the Slytherin house is a serpent. Harry is shocked, and Ron says everyone is now going to think Harry is Slytherin's great-great-great-great-great-grandson or something. Hermione adds, He did live about a thousand years ago, so there could be a possibility. Dun dun dun. Seriously, oh friends, gosh. you guys aren't helping. They're As not friends, helping. you are not helping the situation. <laughs> yeah, but if we remember the conversation that Ron had in Hagrid's hut as he was belching slugs about how pureblood families are so rare, that kind of lines up with this. Like, Harry could definitely be a relative of Slytherin. How does that line up? What do you mean? Because, like, they were saying there's so few purebloods that if you want to keep mating outside of your family, you're going to have to start finding muggle-born witch- witches and wizards to marry. Mm-hmm. So the fact that purebloods are so rare, that means there's just so little of them. Harry knows that his dad is a, from a purebred family, and if you go down the line, they could definitely cross. Yeah, that's true. Well, all of this information has Harry lay awake for hours that night. He thought to himself, could he be a descendant of Salazar Slytherin? He didn't know anything about his father's family after all, like we were just discussing. Quietly, he tried to say something in parcel tongue, but it seemed... <laughs> I would do that I too. could just imagine him like, like, what did he say? Like, what did he try to Laying say? Laying in bed. <laughs> Leave him alone. Did he try to say that again? I'd be like, I'd be like, where's the closest snake? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, you want to know what you sound like. So I understand where he's coming from. But I'm like, what yeah. are you going to say? <laughs> uh, but it seemed he had to be face to face with the snake to do it. But I'm a Gryffindor, he thought to himself. The sorting hat wouldn't have put me here if I wasn't. And then he remembered that the sorting hat actually wanted to put him in Slytherin. He had herbology with Justin the next day, and he'd have to explain that he was calling off the snake, not egging it on. But of course, herbology was canceled due to a blizzard. Harry could not get it off his mind, and Hermione suggested he go and find Justin and explain it to him. Harry made his way out of the common room, wondering where Justin could be. He ended up checking the library first, and sure enough, he encountered a group of Hufflepuffs sitting at the back of the library. Harry noticed that their heads were close together. I think he also was trying to see if Justin was with them. Yeah. This is not the first time we meet Ernie, Joni, right? I don't know. I think so. He couldn't see whether Justin was among them. He was walking toward them when something of what they were saying met his ears, and he paused to listen, hidden in the invisibility section. So anyway, a stout boy was saying, I told Justin to hide up in our dormitory. I meant to say if Potter's marked him down as his next victim, it's best if he keeps a low profile for a while. Of course, Justin's been waiting for something like this to happen ever since he let it slip to Potter he was muggle-born. Justin actually told him he'd been down for Eden. That's not the kind of thing you bandy about with Slytherin's air on the loose, is it? You definitely think it is potty? Potty. <laughs> <laughs> Is he talking to Peeves? (laughs) (laughs) 
You definitely think it is Potter then, Ernie? Said a girl with blonde pigtails anxiously. Hannah, said the stout boy. He's a parcel mouth. Everyone knows that's the mark of a dark wizard. Have you ever heard of a decent one who could talk to snakes? They called Slytherin himself Serpent Tongue. There was heavy murmuring at this, and Ernie went on. Remember what was written at, on the wall? Enemies of the air, beware. Potter had some sort of run-in with Filch. Next thing we know, Filch's cat attacked. That first year, Creevy was annoying Potter at the Quidditch match, taking pictures of him while he was lying in the mud. Next thing we know, creevy has been attacked. He always seems so nice, though, said Hannah. And, well, he's the one who made you-know-who disappear. He can't be all that bad can he ernie lowered his voice mysteriously no one knows how he survived the attack by you know who i mean to say he was only a baby when it happened he should have been blasted into smithereens <laughs> only a really powerful dark wizard could have survived a curse like that and at this point mm-hmm. harry had had enough he couldn't take it anymore he cleared his throat loudly and stepped out from behind the bookshelves Every one of the Hufflepuffs looked as though they were petrified just by the sight of Harry. He told them he was looking for Justin, and Ernie asked what he wanted with him. Harry explains that he wanted to tell him what really happened with the snake at the dueling club. Ernie was not having any of it. With a tremble in his voice, he let Harry know it. Harry stormed out of the library and blundered up a corridor, not noticing where he was going until he bumped into Hagrid. Hagrid could tell something was wrong, but Harry said it was nothing. He was still furious about what Ernie and the other Hufflepuffs were saying. He stamped up the stairs and turned along another corridor, which was particularly dark. He was halfway down the passage when he slipped on something lying on the floor. He turned to squint at what he'd fallen over and felt as though his stomach had dissolved. Justin Finch Fletchley was lying on the floor, rigid and cold. A look of shock froze it on his face, his eyes staring blankly at the ceiling. And that wasn't all. Next to him was another figure. It was nearly headless Nick, no longer pearly white and transparent, but black and smoky, floating immobile and horizontal six inches off the floor. Harry couldn't believe his eyes. He was shocked. His heart was beating so fast. He thought to himself he could leave and no one would know he was there. He had to get help, though. Would anyone believe he had nothing to do with it? As he stood there, figuring it all out, he heard a door open next to him. Peeves, a poltergeist, came shooting out. Of oh, course. Peeves. Which, wow. At this at this point, I'm like, of course. Harry's freaking luck. Like, he... Yeah. Right after he's, like, arguing with the Hufflepuffs, or Ernie, rather, he finds Justin's body. Yeah. I don't like Ernie as a Hufflepuff. Yeah, Ernie, mm. but not saying that he was right or anything, but if you're hearing Ernie, you're like, oh, those are all valid points. Yeah, they really are. Mm. Because like seeing it from their perspective, they don't know what Harry said because they don't yeah. speak that language or that tongue. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to believe him. You just kind of have his word. Why, it's Potter. We Potter, cackled Peeves, knocking Harry's glasses askew as he bounced past him what's potter up to why is potter lurking peeves stopped halfway through a mid-air somersault upside down he spotted justin nearly headless dick he flipped the right way up filled his lungs and before harry could stop him screamed attack attack another attack no mortal ghost is safe run for your lives attack 
Peeves probably is scared. Yeah. He's scared for his life or his, yeah. Door after door <laughs> flew open. I said he's scared for his life, but I'm like, oh, well, but yeah. <laughs> door after door flew open. Harry found himself pinned up against the wall as the students and teachers came flooding toward him. Professor McGonagall came running and then followed Ernie. Caught in the act, yelled Ernie while pointing at Harry. Peeves was bobbing overhead, now grinning wickedly before breaking into song. Oh, Potter, you rotter. Oh, what have you done? (laughs) You're killing off students. You think it's good fun. (laughs) Professor McGonagall was like, Peeves, enough. And he just flew away. Justin was carried up to the hospital wing. No one knew what to do with nearly headless Nick. I thought this was interesting professor mcgonagall ended up conjuring up a fan out of the thin air and asked ernie to waft him (laughs) up the stairs (laughs) i'm like okay that's a cool just imagine being like a random student and you're just like walking to class or whatever (laughs) and you just look over and there's just a hufflepuff with a fan just wafting nick up up the the stairs like you're like Okay, yeah, just, just another, another day, day. At Hogwarts <laughs> with Harry Potter attending. A professor McGonagall asked Harry to follow her. They marched in silence around a corner, and she stopped before a large and extremely ugly stone gargoyle. Lemon drop, she said. This was evidently a password into nowhere other than where Dumbledore lived. They stepped off the stone staircase, and Professor McGonagall tapped on the door and opened silently. They entered, and she told Harry to wait there. Out of all the teachers' offices Harry had been to, Dumbledore's was by far the most interesting. It was a large and beautiful circular room. He noticed a lot of things in the office, but one thing in particular caught his attention. An enormous claw-footed desk and sitting on a shelf behind it, a shabby, tattered wizard's hat. The sorting hat. Mm. They meet again. Harry hesitated, looking around, thinking surely it wouldn't hurt to just try it on again, just to make sure it had put him in the right house. He walked around the desk and lifted the hat from the shelf and lowered it slowly onto his head. Harry stared at the black inside of the hat, waiting. Then a small voice said in his ears, Be in your bonnet, Harry Potter? Er, yes, Harry muttered. Er, sorry to bother you. I wanted to ask. You've been wondering whether I put you in the right house, said the hat smartly. Yes, you were particularly difficult to place, but I stand by what I said before. Harry's heart leapt. You would have done well in Slytherin. Harry's stomach plummeted. He grabbed the point of the hat and pulled it off. It hung limply in his hand, grubby and faded. Harry pushed it back onto its shelf, feeling sick. You're wrong, he said aloud to the still and silent hat. It didn't move. Harry backed away, watching it. Then a strange gagging noise behind him made him wheel around. He wasn't alone after all. Behind the door was a bird that resembled a half-plucked turkey. Harry (laughs) stared at it as the bird looked back, making that gagging noise again. Harry was thinking all he needed was for Dumbledore's pet bird to die (laughs) while he was alone in the office with it. When the bird burst into flames, Harry yelled in shock and backed (laughs) away. Oh my gosh, poor Harry. I just remember being like, okay, this is just like topping on the cake. It is. For Harry. I just want to know why he didn't let the hat keep talking. The hat would have been like, yes, you would have done well in Slytherin, but I put you in Gryffindor for a reason. Like, just keep yeah. it on until he finishes his sentence. Yeah, I don't Harry, understand. Harry, let somebody finish. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you don't know what he was going to say or what they were going to say. Yeah. 
So I was very irritated with Harry at that point. I'm like, so we don't know what, what the hat would have said after that. You just assume that the hat is telling you you were supposed to be in Slytherin, but whatever. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> this freaking bird just burns in front of him. <laughs> the office door opened and Dumbledore walked in. Harry explains about the bird and Dumbledore tells him the bird is a phoenix. Phoenixes burst into flame when it is time for them to die and are reborn from the ashes. Harry looked down to see a tiny wrinkled newborn bird poke its head out. But anyways, back to why Harry was actually there. Before Dumbledore could say anything, the door of the office flew open and there was Hagrid trying to make a case for Harry. It wasn't Harry, Professor Dumbledore, he said. Once he could get a word in, Dumbledore assured him that he didn't think it was Harry and Hagrid stormed out looking embarrassed. You don't think it was me, Professor? No, Harry, I don't, but I still want to talk to you. I must ask you, Harry, whether there is anything you'd like to tell me, he said gently, anything at all. Harry didn't know what to say. He thought of Malfoy shouting, You'll be next, mudbloods, and of the Polyjuice potion simmering away in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Then he thought of the disembodied voice he heard twice and remembered what Ron said. Hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign, even in the wizarding world. Which I feel like Ron is wrong. I feel like that's normal in the wizarding world. I mean, I don't know. He thought, too, about what everyone was saying about him and his growing dread that he was somehow connected with Salazar's Slytherin. But after all that, Harry says, no, there isn't anything, Professor. And what a 12-year-old. For I know. I'm so irritated. But I'm like, just tell the adult. That can help you. Exactly. Like, why? I don't know. I don't understand why Harry doesn't say, like, anything just yeah, literally what he's let's thinking be honest here if you were in this situation would you say something i wouldn't but also we're not in this magical world i feel like like priscilla says yeah it's not common but we shouldn't be like oh my god how can this happen you know because so i think it's different like today like here us in this world we definitely shouldn't say that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if someone was like, um, I'm hearing voices that no one else can hear, I'd be like, you're crazy. But if if like a witch or a wizard were telling me in a magical world where things are already different from everything else, that would still be something it would concern me. But I wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, you know? Yeah, like yeah. have a little more this is possible feeling. Exactly. I just don't understand why he doesn't confide in in. Dumbledore because it's I know they're not super close but at the same time Harry seems to be able to talk to him differently than other students yeah yeah, but I don't think Harry understands that yet I think yeah. him like, the only interaction that he's had with Dumbledore was was in the, the mirror uh, the mirror I just feel like confiding in an adult and well like for Harry he he's never had to rely on adults he's never had adults to rely on so confiding in some in an adult is really hard for him and he starts to do that i think later on but right now he he doesn't know how to do that yeah yeah that's a good point but yes he is frustrating right now i mean he's a typical 12 year old as well as you know somebody with trauma Yeah. yeah that makes sense i just feel like maybe not Harry, but like maybe me in this magical world, I'd be kind of, I'd be like so scared that I just feel like I'd have, I would have to tell someone just to calm myself down. Yeah. 
Well, I'm really bad at saying things like that, so I wouldn't. <laughs> I know I wouldn't. <laughs> you would keep it to You're yourself. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine until it all melts down, and then everything's not. Yeah. Things are melting down. Not for him just yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. yeah. Not bad enough, I guess. Yeah. So the double attack on Justin and nearly headless Nick had everyone in a real panic. There was almost a stampede to book seats to go home for Christmas. <laughs> everyone was ready to get out of there this time. At this rate, we'll be the only ones left, Ron told Harry and Hermione. Us, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle. So apparently, Crab and Goyle decided to stay because Malfoy was staying. Mm-hmm. Harry was glad most people were leaving. He was tired of them skirting around him in the corridors. Fred and George, however, found all this very funny. They'd march around with Harry and say things like, make way for the heir of Slytherin. <laughs> Percy was obviously disapproving, and so was Ginny. Harry didn't mind. It made him feel better that at least Fred and George thought the idea of him, of him being the Slytherin heir was quite ludicrous. Yes, you can always count on Fred and George. Oh, I know. But their antics seemed to be aggravating Draco Malfoy, who looked increasingly sour each time he saw them at it. It's because he's bursting to say it's really him, said Ron knowingly. You know how he hates anyone beating him at anything, and you're getting all the credit for his dirty work. Not for long, said Hermione in a satisfied tone. The polyjuice potion's nearly ready. We'll be getting the truth out of him any day now. Dun dun dun. Nice. Any day now. Um, term had ended, and Harry was enjoying the fact that Hermione and the Weasleys and himself had the Gryffindor Tower to themselves, and they could make as much noise and ruckus as they wanted to, since everybody had left for home for Christmas. The Weasleys all decided to stay so that Arthur and Molly could go to Egypt to visit Bill. Percy was not a fan of the ruckus, and spent most of his time away from the common room stating that the only reason why he was there was to help the professors during this troubling time. On Christmas morning, Ron and Harry were woken up by Hermione coming into their room with presents for them. She had been up for, for an hour and had officially finished the polyjuice potion. She suggested that they use the potion that night. Harry had a good Christmas morning, opening up presents, which included a toothpick from the Dursleys. <laughs> you know, classic. Oh my gosh. He'll need it after Christmas feast anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably used. <laughs> oh, no, them. And the famous Weasley's letter from Mrs. Weasley and a bunch of other like sweets and stuff. But the sweater in particular made him feel pretty guilty due to the fact that he destroyed their car and now was planning more antics. So, you know, mm. yeah, felt good. Rule breaking. I remember one of you said there was going to be a lot of rule breaking in this book. Yeah. The beginning. Yes. I said I, I like the rule breaking mainly because Hermione is game for it. Yeah. Hermione's like tr- like pushing them. She's like heading it. Yeah. More. Christmas dinner made the dread of taking Polyjuice Potion disappear. Everyone was joyous, was in a joyous mood as they were led through carols by Dumbledore. Harry didn't even care that Draco was making a remark on his sweater. In the midst of dessert, Hermione pulled Ron and, and Harry out to the Great Hall, out of the Great Hall. She reminded them that they still needed a part of whomever they were changing into. She recommended Crab and Goyle, seeing as they were Malfoy's besties. And she quickly explained her plan. Before the two could protest, 
She filled two cakes with the sleeping drought, and all they needed to do was get crab and goil to eat them, which shouldn't be that hard. And once they were asleep, they just needed to get hairs from them and hide them in the broom cupboard. You know, simple. (laughs) Yeah, that seems difficult. (laughs) Harry and Ron proceeded to tell Hermione that there were way too many possible flaws for this plan. But she responded with her passion from before, saying, Do you want to investigate him or not? They agreed, but asked how she was going to get hers. And she pulled out a bottle with a hair in it and explained she pulled it off her robes when Millicent Bulstrode, Bulstrode was trying to strangle her. Always thinking. Yeah. Hermione's plan ended up working, as she predicted. Harry and Ron perched the cakes on a banister right before Crab and Goyle walked out of the Great Hall, and they both quickly took a cake and shoved it into their mouths. Of course. You know, just some suspicious cakes. I guess I'll eat them. Yeah. Minutes later, they were knocked out, and Harry and Ron hid them in the broom cupboard, which turned out to be the hardest part. Yeah. Dragging them? They're, like, much bigger than Harry and Ron. I know. I would be afraid that someone's going to see me. Yeah. Just casually... I know. Taking, pulling, and it's like, and they explained it's like by the front hall or the great yeah. hall. So like, how did they miss but it? I guess just a lot of people weren't there, weren't That's at the true. school anymore. Okay, once Crab and Goyle were properly hidden, Harry and Ron pulled some of their hairs and grabbed the shoes off Crab and Goyle's feet and made their way to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. They could barely see the bathroom due to the smoke coming from the stall Her- Hermione was working in. Hermione reassured the two that she had brewed the the potion properly and it looked like what it was described as in the book. And they would have exactly an hour before they would change back after taking the potion. They separated the potion into three and sprinkled the hairs of their new identities into into their portion. They went into separate stalls and drank their potions. Harry felt as though there were snakes in his stomach and he thought he had he would throw up and ended up on all fours then it started to feel as though his skin was melting like hot wax as it expanded to goyle size Mm. it ended quickly and harry ended up just lying flat on the floor he quickly changed into slytherin robes hermione had grabbed from the laundry and put on shoes put on the shoes that he stole off of goyle's feet he made his way out of the stall and met with ron and they were in shock they knew that they were each other, but they looked like Crab and Goyle. Gosh, that's oh my goodness. so weird. Yeah. Harry called for Hermione to join, but all they heard was a high-pitched voice saying she will not be going and to go without her because they were wasting time. Here I was like, what is going on? She was the one that was all for this plan. Like, what is going on with her yes. right now? I had no idea. I was just going to ask that, like, what are you thinking happened to her? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, did she, like, freak out? And, like, now she's too scared to do it. And mm-hmm. she, I'm like, she's sending them to do it? That's kind of messed up, but okay. Honestly, I wouldn't trust them to do it by themselves if I were her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They hesitantly agreed and made their way out of the bathroom, critiquing each other on their mannerisms to be more convincing as their new identities. They didn't know where they were going because they didn't know where the Slytherin common room was. This is one part of the plan that I'm like, no one thought about that part of the plan. Hermione probably did. Hermione, okay, she probably did and just was like, oh, I'll be with them. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, yeah. She was not with them. (laughs) No. So they made their way towards the direction that they knew that the Slytherins would come from for for breakfast. And then they came across a Ravenclaw girl, and Ron (laughs) mistaked her for a Slytherin and asked her where their common room was. Offended, she stormed away and looked at them suspiciously. They continued through the maze. Hey, of we meet ways. a Ravenclaw girl. Yeah. No, yeah, we don't know her name. <laughs> She's just offended. How dare you think I'm a Slytherin? How dare you? <laughs> they continued through the maze of hallways in the dungeons when they found when they found another person. It was Percy. Ron, forgetting that he was undercover, questioned why he was there. And Percy scolded him, stating that it was not safe to room the halls, and that he was a prefect, so nothing was going to attack him. (laughs) Okay. They were then interrupted by who they were looking for, Malfoy. Following Malfoy into the common room, Malfoy mentioned that he had seen Percy wandering in the dungeons a lot, and how he suspects that Percy was trying to single-handedly catch the heir of Slytherin. Once in the common room, Malfoy instructed the two to stay put. He had something to show them that would give them a laugh. He came back with a clipped story from the Daily Prophet. Inquiry at the Ministry of Magic Arthur Weasley, head of the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office, was today fined 50 galleons for bewitching a muggle car. Mr. Lucius Malfoy, a governor for the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, where the enchanted car crashed earlier this year, called today for Mr. Weasley's resignation. Weasley has brought the ministry into disrepute, Mr. Malfoy told our reporter. He is clearly unfit to draw up our laws, and his ridiculous Muggle Protection Act should be scrapped immediately. Mr. Weasley was unavailable for comment, although his wife told reporters to clear off, or she set the family ghoul on them. Yeah. Clear off. Don't mess with Mrs. Weasley. They forced a laugh, and Malfoy continued to speak badly of the Weasley family, stating that it was surprising that they were purebloods. Ron was having difficulty staying in character, and Malfoy started to question him. He just said he felt ill. Malfoy said if he goes to the hospital wing to give the mudbloods a kick for him. This really okay. So I'm about to show Malfoy's like true colors here, and it's like disturbing. It really is. I know. I, when I read this, I was like, "Well, dang." Yeah. Malfoy goes on about how he was mad at people for thinking Harry was the heir, especially since he's friends with the Mudblood Granger. I wish I knew who it was. Malfoy says I could help. Yeah. Wow. Harry tried to ask if he had an idea who it was, and Malfoy tells him that he already told him that he didn't, and that his father had told him that when the chamber was open for the first time, somebody died. He believed that it was only a matter of time before someone else dies, and he hoped it was Granger. What the heck? (sighs) That was messed up. Yeah, like, I mean, I get, like, being, like, not liking someone in school, but wishing This is a different level. Yeah, that's, like, a whole different level. Using all of their might, they did not punch Malfoy immediately. Harry asked if the person who opened it the first time was caught, and Malfoy answers yes, and they are probably still in Azkaban. Azkaban? Harry asks. The wizard prison? Honestly, if you were any slower, you'd be going backwards, Malfoy says in disbelief. 
come on, Goyle. Yeah. Malf- Malfoy continued to talk to them, saying that his father told him that told him to let the heir of Slytherin do its thing so Hogwarts can be rid of the Muggleborns. He mentions that his house was raided by the Ministry a week prior, but they didn't find anything because they didn't know about the secret chamber under the drawing room. Oh! Ron shouts. He blushes at this outburst. But Harry notices his red hair is starting to make an appearance through Crab's hair. They were changing back. Quickly, shouting they needed medicine for their stomachs, they ran out of the common room. They dropped their now too big shoes off in front of the cupboard where they left Crab and Goyle, which honestly was pretty considerate, and made their way to the bathroom. Once there, Ron declared that he would tell his father about the mo- about Malfoy's secret room and pounded on Hermione's stall, asking her to get out. Go away, Her- Hermione shouted. They asked if she hadn't fully changed back yet, and Moni Myrtle comes out of the stall saying, Wait till oh you God. see. It's awful. <sighs> Hermione came out and showed her face, but it wasn't her face. It was covered in fur, and she had yellow eyes. It was cat fur. Millicent must have a cat. Polyjuice oh potion God. was not meant for animal transformation. Poor thing. Poor thing. She, oh my God. I didn't, I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Harry and Ron convinced Hermione to go to Madame Pomfrey. She doesn't really ask questions. I mean, she didn't ask about the dragon bite, so. Yeah. Um, and then walking out of the bathroom, Pony Myrtle decides to shout, wait till everyone finds out that you've got a tail. <laughs> okay, Myrtle. Not Sounded helpful. Like peeves. She's been hanging around Peeves too long. Wow. A lot has happened here. Yes. So I wanted to talk about this now because we've already gone through like Polyjuice Potion and stuff. But when Harry was in Nocturne Alley and he ran across, like ran into well, the, the lady who was selling fingernails on a tray came up to him. I had this thought. What if the reason why she's selling fingernails is so that people can put it in Polyjuice <gasps> Potion and then they can change their identities to like a stranger? Oh, yeah. So they're not found or something. Yeah. If like they just like need to like do something and they can like disguise themselves. Why just- did that never occur to me? That is- I mean, that might not be why she put it there, but uh, okay, why would she put that there though? Yeah. Like she's I a think very... that's a good theory. Yeah. That's a good one. Wow. I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't particularly know who it, whose fingernails it is, but it's just you're... If you need, If you like, want to be disguised, yeah. 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 It's, it's if you need, crap. like, like you want to do something quick, like do a crime, and then they don't have your description. They have this random person's. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Very. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Um, one of my questions is kind of just like, what are your thoughts? Um, going back to when we learned that Harry is a parcel now, and then Hermione yeah. makes the connection. Well, Hermione and Ron, I can't remember exactly who, but they make the connection that back to Slyther- um, Salazar Slytherin. So, just what are your thoughts on that theory? Well, obviously, it's it kind of sounds you know suspicious. So. Yeah, a few things there. It does sound suspicious, and if you think back, 
to when the sorting hat was like having issues placing him Mm -hmm. kind of how harry was thinking back i feel like harry may be like fighting something like maybe he was supposed to be in slytherin and Mm -hmm. or supposed to be slytherin or he has some sort of slytherin in him but gryffindor just kind of overtakes that overpowers it so Mm -hmm. there are just little things that will i feel like happen and it's just kind of like maybe harry has a background there that we don't know about yeah Mm -hmm. like i just i was just thinking about this okay obviously the fact that he can talk to snakes and the fact that the sorting hat was gosh i was just thinking about something and i just lost it it wasn't those oh that's it might come back to you yeah but there was um just oh my god i'm so mad that i just forgot that anyways so there are just a lot of things that yeah. <laughs> that kind of make you think, hmm. Oh, oh, I remember what it was. So when Ernie was pointing out that how did Harry, oh, and I think I've brought this up before, but it's just like, how did Harry survive when Voldemort like oh, attacked yeah. his parents? You know, like how did he not die? There has to be yeah. something there that was just so when powerful. When he was... Yeah, just a defenseless baby. Yeah. Wait, did they not explain that in the first book? Yeah, they. I mean, they did explain the love, but like it was, it was for me. It's just kind of like I don't know. I just feel like that feels too vague right now. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's something more there, like that connects him to Slytherin somehow, or or Mm -hmm. dark magic, or like the dark side of the magical world yeah so he might obviously not want it and it's not not to say that that's going to happen or he's going to be bad or whatever you know but it's just something there so that's why he can kind of always hear voices uh uh, defeat these dark he who must not be named like somehow Mm -hmm. harry can do all that i don't know it's kind of how like they say there's like like he he always chooses good yeah. Yes. The, the good sides of him. Like for us, there is always like there's a small, there's a what are they? What's that saying? Like there's a thin line between love and hate. Yeah. It's kind of like there's a thin line between the dark and. It's like in Emperor's New Groove and Kronk and his little evil and angel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> He's always on his shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Those. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, there's just something there that we have to uncover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, question I had is, do you have any theories on who, on what the creature is? Oh, no, I actually don't. I haven't thought about it. Um, yeah, even though there was another attack, there wasn't much talk about it. The monster or the creature? Uh, yeah. No, I actually yeah. haven't thought of it. it. It is surprising that no one has seen this creature so yeah. does that mean that it's either another professor or another student that we just are completely blind to mm-hmm. you know because i feel like this is happening literally while professors are having class you know yeah, yeah. like how is how would it be hiding exactly like it's hiding in plain sight yeah mm, yeah I was wondering if you guys would ever dare to use the Polyjuice Potion. If you're in the magical world, and you, would you ever think that was useful? Oh my gosh. 
I would be really scared to use it, to be honest. I Yeah, I would be so scared, number one, that I'm doing the potion perfectly, that it would all work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have to worry about what Harry, oh, Harry, Hermione had to deal with, turning into oh a cat. Oh my gosh, I know. Good thing that Madame um, Pomfrey, Pomfrey mm-hmm. is so understanding or i guess she does not care or ask questions because all the times that they have gone to her (laughs) she's like i work at a wizard school i get weird things yeah (laughs) yeah i think there i think people think that pomfrey doesn't have a husband but if you could think if she like goes home to her husband just like you never believe what I had to deal with the day. The stories I have. <laughs> yeah. It's like her coming home. It's like, it's very clearly a dragon bite. I don't know how the heck he got a dragon bite, but it's clearly <laughs> that. And I don't know what, what's happening. <laughs> I was thinking since we, t- we talk about mandrakes. I mean, I know the mandrakes aren't ready yet, but so then I guess not. But I would think that if they were ready, you could use mandrakes to fix Hermione. Maybe. Yeah. Like she's transfigured, right? Kind of. Is that tra- what they do? What are they? Yeah, they can restore you if you are in a transfigured or diseased state. Oh. That's why they want to use them for the petrified people. Yeah. So I'm So okay, so at this she- point we have the cat, we have Colin Creevy <laughs> and Justin and Fish. Nick. Nick. Which oh, and, and we don't even know what's going to happen. If anything's, can you heal a ghost? Yeah, how like how does that work? Yeah, that's yeah. a good. You- that's actually a good point. What would they do with him? Like bring just him pour back a to death on top of his head? It's just kind of like how do you absorb yeah. as a <laughs> ghost? Maybe turn it into some kind of like like a vapor mist a vapor. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Um. Oh, God, I was going to say something about, oh, yeah, so Draco was just like, he's just waiting for the Slytherin monster to finally kill someone. So my mm-hmm. questions would be like, why hasn't there been a killing? Is just a, this just a bunch of warnings? Why hasn't yeah, there been all a the, death yet? I wonder if they want people to think it's Harry, like if that's like part of the plan. Mm, that's why there hasn't been a killing yeah Make like somehow it's just it's i don't know i don't know it's well, all very I think, interesting i feel like what it might be is more of the the minute someone dies is the minute they shut things down true true um so they just they want to first get rid of as many as they can before that starts happening yeah At least. yeah i do want to talk a little bit about malfoy because it is very disturbing what he is saying, but we also have to be mindful that he is 12 years old, and a lot of the times when you are that young, you are repeating what you were hearing at home. Yeah, that's that was my thoughts on it, too. Yeah. So, that's I true. don't know. Like, it's bad what he's saying, and someone needs to set him straight, but this is a more of a reflection, I feel like, on Lucius than it is on Malfoy right now. Yeah. At least. Yeah, that's that's true. Especially when you see like what his dad sent him to kind of like, oh, look what happened. Yeah. And, you know, like, why are it's you like, doing why that? Would, to your- why would you think your son cares about that? 
Yeah, why are you bringing your son into your personal drama? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't think we met any notable – well, I didn't think we met any notable characters, but we do – I think we're just going to say it, and if we're mistaken, oh well. We're meeting Ernie McMillian. McMillian. Yes. The Hufflepuff. McMillian. The Puff. That is kind of a jerk. I do not claim him. (laughs) You do not claim him. (laughs) We all have our faults. His fault, his fault is that he's too loyal to Hufflepuff to see the truth or okay. logic. Well, like I said, in his defense, like in, in their yeah. defense, like they only heard what they heard. Like they, you mm-hmm. know, they can't and they yeah. only have what's in front of them. And he's just trying to protect his friend. Yeah. Who is now petrified. He didn't do a good job. He should have had a like look out for him <laughs> instead of being go by yourself go back to the dormitory we don't claim to be the smartest but <laughs> that's ravenclaw oh yeah is there a most valuable wizard i would say hermione is because um oh, okay yeah because she like made the potion she got everything together she convinced the boys to do it and then poor thing was left yeah. <laughs> to turn into a cat so yeah, I would give it to Hermione this time. Yes, besides the little bump with the cat hair, the potion Just a little was pretty perfect. It did exactly yeah. what it was supposed to do in the amount of time that it says they only had an hour. So she did a really good job. I yeah. want to know how the heck she confused human hair with cat fur. What do you mean? I mean, it, if it's like a long hair cat. That could I don't know. I feel like it's I feel like it's possible for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I can very much tell the difference between <laughs> the two. But like a think of a long haired kitty cat. Yeah, but like the fur that like long haired kitty cats uh shed, they're usually tufts because they just mat together. Yeah. Maybe Hermione's never had a cat. Okay. <laughs> That's just my thought. I'm like <laughs> Um, do you have a wizard? Well, like, I mean, Hermione, I concur, but, like, also, like, a nod to Hagrid because he, like, went bat for his, went at bat for his boy, mm-hmm. his boy Harry. Yeah. Oh, that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, I think I'd have to give it to Hermione, too. Uh, yeah. just going back to the two chapters, you know? She yeah. did a lot. She, she did a lot a good, for the duo, yeah. or the trio. She pushed the trio through this plan yeah because it feels like ron and harry would have dilly-dallied that's like 90 percent of the series <laughs> dilly-dallied oh yes. ron and harry hermione yeah, carrying so. this group on her back yeah mm. <laughs> uh, that's why they have hermione okay most magical moment i mean poly juice potion yeah was pretty hor- horrendous for like the the process of it and the drinking it and poor Hermione but yeah we gotta give give props to Miss Hermione for making pretty probably a perfect polyjuice potion at how old are they 12 years old 12 yeah um yeah the the polyjuice I would agree because she pretty much made made it happen and it it worked um should we uh bring up the uh the uh, making a fan from thin air for 
nearly headless naked oh, wafting yes. him up the stairs. <laughs> that oh was God. good, yeah. Oh. McGonagall just like quick thinking. Like, I guess it wasn't so this? magical, but just like imagine like everyone's like, what do we do with this? And she's like, uh, let me just, uh, yeah, there we go. Fan and Ernie, go ahead and walk and them then up the like, stairs. Yeah, Ernie, you do this. <laughs> oh, okay. I actually have a question now. So is it like a, a manual, like hand fan? Because like this is Hogwarts. So they don't have electricity. Oh, um, I always pictured it like a... Like a table fan. Me too. I just, yeah, that's yeah. how I pictured it. I just, I, I find it funny, the thought of like Ernie just going like, up and down just like trying to move him that's that's actually a good I guess question they wait did they that was that was that scene not in no it wasn't in the movie wow i know it's disappointing okay that's probably why they're like uh we're not sure we're just not gonna do it <laughs> it's like a um mario party mini game trying to like steer <laughs> nick oh nick the- uh any more magical moments that we can think of? I think it's pretty cool that Hermione came up with those sleep... Was it a sleeping drought? Mm-hmm. Muffins? Oh, yeah. <laughs> for Crab and Goyle. It's a little, a little moment, but it's like, Hermione, you're kind of dangerous. Yeah. She's got a lot of power. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's good. So... Oh, this is the fun part. We do have... Yeah, we have a shop feature for this episode. So Sarah, who went to school with us back in high school, uh, she messaged me a shop that um, a shop that she liked, and it's called Nebula Creations Co. on Instagram, and she has her website to nebulacreationsco.com. Um, the shop owner is named Paige. And she makes really, really beautiful artistic paper designs and wood designs that I, I guess it's just all laser cut. Um, and Sarah shared them with me because she does a lot of Harry Potter items, Harry Potter inspired inspired items. Um, the one item that in particular that she sent me specifically was her Deathly Hollows earrings. And they're just so pretty. But her, even her paper items. Oh, those are so, really pretty. You're so I'm intricate. at them right now. Yeah, this is beautiful work. Yeah. And, and she's really she cool, based out of Tampa, Florida. Yes, that's what I was going to say. What that That's what's really cool about it is she's based out of Tampa, which is our hometown. Priscilla is mm. you know, still living there now. So that was that's like, really cool. Really cool. I love the um, owl stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, she has and some really neat stuff. I just saw the Three Brothers followers. one, which was really pretty. Was that earrings or? It's like. Like a paper thing. No, it was like. In an, it was almost like an amulet. <laughs> oh. I learned a new word. But her her Instagram page is so pretty. I love the aesthetic. So Nebula Creations Co. on Instagram. Check her out. Shout out. She does like, it looks like earrings. Necklaces. Necklaces. Like wall decor. Oh, mobiles. Oh, yeah. I was going to say baby mobile. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Mobile? 
I don't know. I, I think oh. everybody says it differently. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, Very nice. That's the one I wanted to share with you guys tonight. Cool. Yeah, so if you guys are listening and you have um, anyone that you want us to feature, go ahead and send them over to us and we can yes. take a look. Thank you, Sarah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. So I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, don't forget you can give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Unveiling the Magic. We are a little more active on our Instagram, um, but definitely find us on Facebook too. And we're on Twitter at Unveiling Magic. So we'd love to hear from you. And don't forget if you're listening and you are enjoying the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review wherever you're listening. That really helps us out. But until next time. Mischief managed. Bye. Bye. Sorry, you, you'll okay. hear in my recording, I like yell, why? <laughs> so if you hear that, made it happen and it, it worked. <laughs> it was so I thought it, oh that was really weird I oh my god I got scared I thought it was like something on my computer it sounds like a horror movie <laughs> tell him he's scared us all he, everybody thinks that was the creepiest laugh ever I had it and I just forgot it underneath the basket and Ricardo had to pew like I did mm-hmm. um and so he I guess he sat in my seat either him either him or Josie because <laughs> she wrote in it <laughs> I love that Josie wrote in it. I know. That sounds... She signed it Gossip Girl. She'd probably be very... (laughs) She what? What'd you say? She wrote like some, like like a little paragraph and it was like some form of advice because we were talking about Yes, I was just going to say like she was probably going to be supportive of whatever. And it was very nice. And then she signed it as Gossip Girl, but I knew it was Josie because I know (laughs) Ricardo and Josie. XOXO. That is amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh my god, I love that I just learned that information.